Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Got to spend some time with Reggie Miller. He's on the call Lakers-Clippers tonight on TNT. That's at 9 Eastern. The opener at 6.30 Eastern, my Pelicans against the Utah Jazz. And right now, Zion Williamson is a game-time decision. He had this to say about his availability. Me and my team are going to look for what's best for me and my future, being safe. But if you know me, I want to hoop. That's just just how I am. I'm never going to change. Why is this a game-time decision? That he's either going to play or not play? Can he play a couple of minutes each quarter? We don't know right now. We don't know why it's a game-time decision. We'll check in with the Pelicans coming up in a little bit. We'll also check in with the NFL coming up as well. Your phone calls are always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to our radio and TV partners. You can watch on youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show and uh, the powerful Fox Sports Radio lineup. And with all the focus on limiting the spread of the coronavirus, it's hard to focus on the basketball storylines of the NBA bubble. And we know about the Lakers and LeBron. Zion Williamson, the Greek freak. But there are a lot of interesting contenders here. If you start to think about there's no home court advantage, or, you know, in some of these cases, a disadvantage. But basketball is in pretty good shape, it feels like. And making predictions is really tough to do. And you have all these new questions, and it's nearly impossible. It's more of an NCAA tournament feel. Not exactly one and done. But it should be a wild ride, like the tournament is. And somebody's going to get hot here. You're going to have a favorite bow out early. You might have a team that you didn't expect that gets deeper into the playoffs. But hopefully the NBA playoffs will be a great event that we can all enjoy and celebrate in the coming months. But Reggie Miller said, by all accounts, it looks great. He feels safer in the bubble than he does outside the bubble. And he said, if you're looking at a couple of outliers here, he thinks Toronto is coming out of the East and he thinks Portland is going to be really dangerous in the West. Um, McLevin, do we have the poll question, or are we going to stay with the poll question we had from the first hour? Uh, so the first hour was, if you were the Pelicans, would you shut down Zion? 64% said no. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few topics we could switch to. I hesitate to bring it up, but I know you were waiting with bated breath to see the NFL top 100. Oh, gosh. Okay. If you put up the poll of that top four and reordered it, how would people vote? Okay, I want to point something out here. This is the NFL Network's list. This was voted on by the players. I have the list from 2019. Here is the the top 10 players voted on by the players. Aaron Donald is number one. Drew Brees, two. Khalil Mack is three. Patrick Mahomes is four. Todd Gurley, five. Tom Brady, six. 
Antonio Brown, 7. Aaron Rodgers, 8. Julio Jones, 9. Von Miller, 10. That's from last year. It changes quickly in the NFL. Lamar Jackson is number one. Russell Wilson is two. Aaron Donald, three. Patrick Mahomes is four. Michael Thomas of the Saints, five. Christian McCaffrey is six. George Kittle is seven. DeAndre Hopkins, eight. Stephon Gilmore is nine. And Derrick Henry is ten. Things change quickly in the NFL. That's why when I see the list, it's for entertainment purposes. I saw where Kansas City Chiefs fans are upset. You know what? You know what would upset me more? If I lost the Super Bowl or I didn't have Patrick Mahomes for another decade, that would really upset me. If you want to put Lamar Jackson at one and Russell Wilson at two, go ahead. But the players vote on this. That's what I found interesting. Lamar Jackson at one, I need to see a little bit more. Russell Wilson at two, I've seen enough, and I'm fine with that. Aaron Donald, but Patrick Mahomes is four, then Michael Thomas is five. But if I said, let's vote on this. If I said to all of these players, you can pick your quarterback here. Every player in the NFL, you get to pick your quarterback. How many of those players are taking Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson over Patrick Mahomes? And I would say a very small percentage. And you might even find some players on the Ravens and the Seahawks who might take Patrick Mahomes. So I don't, I just don't put much value in this. We love rankings. Got to have a list. And here you go. And this is going to change next year. DeAndre Hopkins will not be in the top 10 next year. Stephon Gilmore probably won't be in the top 10. Who else won't be in the top 10? Um, George Kittle is real. Christian McCaffrey with a bad team might not be there. Uh, Michael Thomas, you know, what's he do for an encore? Aaron Donald feels like he's firmly cemented. Like Khalil Mack, where did Khalil Mack go on this list? He went from top 10 to 19th, just like that. And then you'll look at some of these players and you'll say, who is jumping up on this list? Like T.J. Watt of the Steelers is going to move up. Is Deshaun Watson going to move up? Nick Bosa is already up there. Does Aaron Rodgers continue to fall? Tom Brady will fall. Bobby Wagner will fall. Drew Brees is 12th on this list. Julio Jones is 11th on this list. But that's why I just don't get caught up in the list. I know I have. But when it comes to something like that, when I hear a fan base, they're upset. Boy, there are other things to be upset about. If I know when I wake up every day for the next decade, Patrick Mahomes is my quarterback, I'm not worrying about too many other things when it comes to football. Yeah, Paul. If I were a Texans fan, I'd be bothered by the list. The eighth best player in the league was traded for running back David Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals yeah. and a bunch of a couple of draft picks. DeAndre Hopkins is the eighth-ranked player in the all, all the NFL, and they got very little for him. That's, it, that's why I go back to why didn't Seattle reach out with some kind of package to bring in DeAndre Hopkins? Why didn't Green Bay reach out? Give that first-round pick up for DeAndre Hopkins. How about that? And I know the obvious question would be, well, would you rather have DeAndre Hopkins or Jordan Love if you're the Packers? I think the Packers would rather have Jordan Love. Yes, McLovin. There had to be some sort of secret deal. That he was, people must not have known he was on the market. He was being traded. I knew that he was being traded. I was told by a source, it's not a question of if, but when he's traded because he hates Bill O'Brien. That's how it was framed for me. If I knew it, I'm guessing it was out there in the open market for these NFL teams. What was the other offer that you turned down for DeAndre Hopkins? That's what I want to know. And then Lamar Jackson openly petitioning to bring in an Antonio Brown. Now, it doesn't sound like the Ravens are going to want to bring in Antonio Brown. Russell Wilson wants to bring in Antonio Brown. I wouldn't mind bringing in Antonio Brown. I just don't know, is he going to be suspended? The commissioner hasn't even ruled on Antonio Brown. Plus, this is a guy who just retired a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I don't, I, I mentally... I don't think he's in a good place and would not want to bring him in. Physically, he's spectacular. 
But, you know, even the Patriots tried to bring him in, tried to convert him to the Patriot way. I would not want to bring in Antonio Brown as, as great as he is. Now, there's, there's way too much attached to this. Because he takes over the, he'll take over the locker room. And that's, people were saying, well, Tom Brady stays in touch with Antonio Brown. Maybe they bring him to Tampa. That's the last player you need in Tampa. You have enough weapons. You don't want a guy who comes back to the huddle and says, you got to give me my touches, man. Because he's going to want to prove everybody wrong. That's not the guy you want. That's why Odell Beckham Jr. was not the right guy for the Cleveland Browns. He wants to prove the Giants wrong and everybody else wrong. I need my touches. And then Baker Mayfield, who's in his second year, is going, okay. And then you force the ball. You lock in on that guy. You don't need a receiver like that. As great as Jerry Rice was, he would drive Steve Young and Joe Montana crazy. He wanted his touches. I mean, Jerry Rice, you can never feed a wide receiver enough. They're always going to want more. And the last thing you want is that guy who comes back and disrupts everything you're trying to do. Because Baker Mayfield is impressionable. I mean, he's like, yeah, I want to I get the ball to Odell Beckham. You can get it to him, but get it to him in a situation where he can succeed and it, you don't become a very one-directional offense. And that is, I'm looking at Odell Beckham. All right, uh, Jarvis Landry. You guys have the best running back tandem in the league, in my opinion. That's where I would start. You got two really good running backs. And I would get back to, we're going to run the football. But then I got to deal with Odell Beckham. I would trade him. I'd trade him in a second if I could. I need to get guys who are going to be on the same page. And Antonio Brown is, that's, that's what these receivers do. They're divas. That's how they get attention. Yes, McLeod. So Lamar Jackson said that the Ravens locker room is so strong that they could absorb Antonio Brown. Is there any chance that those elite teams have the locker room to handle it? How do you think the Patriots locker room was? Yeah. I mean, I can give you the Raiders locker room wasn't strong. But I'm going to guess the Patriots locker room was pretty strong. The NFL doesn't want Antonio. They don't want to be in the business of Antonio Brown anymore. Because there's no upside here. You know, that... And, and the sport moves on from you so quickly. Nobody's clamoring saying, God, we got to have Antonio Brown back. I would love that he was able to be get due process there. And if somebody wants to sign him, then great. But I would not want to... I just don't want to have that. I don't want to hold my breath every night if something's going to happen with Antonio Brown. Or when I go into the facility, is he there that day? Wonderful talent. No argument whatsoever. But I got to have a team player, and I don't think he's a team player anymore. And it's sad because it's, he was, that's a wonderful story. Came out of nowhere. Wonderful story. Then all of a sudden, you become a little bit different. I'm A.B. I need my touches. And then you go off the reservation. Then you think you're bigger than the team. You can't have that. All right, we'll get phone calls here. Uh, Gabe in Rhode Island joins us. We'll check in with the NFL. They're a chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Sills. Are we good here? Moving into uh, training camp. Everything good. What's the biggest concern for the NFL? Uh, so we'll talk to Doc. He'll join us coming up. We'll check in with the Pelicans a little bit later on. And the Dodgers, who last night played nice. Played well, won an extra innings. Joe Kelly, if you would have said, who is the first member, the first person involved in the Astros cheating scandal to be suspended, I would not have picked Joe Kelly from the Dodgers. But uh, he, finally, baseball cracking down hard on that Astros cheating scandal. Eight games, which would be 22 games if we had a normal regular season. I, look, I would have suspended him. I don't believe that he was wild. I believe there was intent there. But for that, that word, I would say to the commissioner of baseball, if you're going to sit him down for intent, the intention of hitting somebody, and he didn't hit anybody, can I sit down Astros for intent of cheating? They had intent. You may not have evidence. 
I have, there's intent there. Maybe you don't have all the proof. And I'm curious how the commissioner would answer that. Yes, Seton O'Connor. That seems like an awfully slippery slope, though, doesn't it? Yes. I know I got no proof, but you intended to cheat. Yeah. Huh? Oh, well, okay. Joe Kelly sits down because his intentions. But you, at least you have a ball flying past the dude's head. Well, I got, like, that looked like you meant to hit him in the head. Well, I got a, I got a garbage can banging. I got sound. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. As, okay. Has A.J. Hinch sued Major League Baseball? For, for being fired. Or the Astros. Has the GM sued anybody? If know. there's no proof, just intent. Bang the drum slowly here. Yeah. But Joe Kelly, take that. Eight games. I would have suspended him, but this is what base, baseball's protecting the Astros again. By giving him eight games, the next guy who throws or hits an Astros batter... What's he going to get? Eight games? Now, Kelly is a middle reliever, and the Dodgers can certainly survive without Joe Kelly. But the next pitcher who hits an Astro, baseball is still protecting the Astros. Uh, Gabe in Rhode Island. Sorry, Gabe. What do you have for me? It's fine, DP. Um, I don't think Zion's going to play tonight. I mean, look at what the NBA has done. They expanded the playoffs just for him. Do you really think that he's going to play? I think they're just trying to hang on to the fans who want to come see him play. Yeah, but I think he's – there's something else here. But thank you, Gabe. And no fans are coming to see him play. But as far as tuning in to watch tonight, yes. If Zion's playing, there'll be more people obviously tuning in. But, you know, my point is, what am I missing here? Can he play a little bit? Is he not in shape? So how do I get him in shape? Do you want him to play five minutes each quarter? Feels like there's something else here. I mean, Zion wants to play, but he might not play. Yeah, McLovin. So the NBA, didn't they overschedule the Pelicans terribly the yes. first month? Oh, yeah. So he could screw them over twice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they've loaded up. I mean, they basically, in my opinion, created this. Like this faux play-in to the playoffs. The Zion offs. Yes, Paul. Zion's first three games, Pelicans' first three games are on national TV. Saturday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, they're uh, facing the Clippers. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. It's a game-time decision here. Game-time decision. And, you know, they got an easy schedule here. Their eight opponents, their combined winning percentage is under 500. I was looking at the, uh, the toughest road here. The Raptors have the toughest schedule of all the 22 teams in the bubble. Pelicans had the easiest, followed by the 76ers, Sacramento Kings, the Nets, Clippers, Celtics, Magic, Mavs. I don't know if it matters once you get in the bubble, not having home court advantage or that home court advantage doesn't matter. But, you know, our poll question the first hour was Lakers, Clippers or the rest of the field. What were the percentages? No, that was, it was actually, would you rest Zion? I just switched oh. it to, I'll give you the Lakers or the Clippers to win it all, or do you take the field, the Bucks, the Rockets, whoever else? Yeah, I mean, I'd take Lakers, Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. Is there one team that's a, a big threat to that? Well, the Bucks are. And I, I don't know about the 76ers. 76ers could be either spectacular or a mess. One or the other. But I do think, in a strange way, having no fans will help your favorite shooter maybe feel a little more confident taking a three-pointer. Well, they did move him to power forward. That should help. I mean, I don't know what he was doing out of point guard. Yeah, but I, I don't know if they moved him to forward so he could get a little more separation from these guys who were guarding him, and then he could shoot the three. And like, I don't know what the philosophy is there with uh, Brett Brown on, 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 on how you position him. Because he is a positionless player at 6'9", running the point, right? Yeah, McClellan. On top of that, Embiid sort of told the press, is, I, I better get the ball a lot in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Any pass that doesn't go to Embiid, you're going to well, hear from yeah, him. Everything's hey, it's going to work out well here. Going to work out well. Yeah, Paul. I'm putting a little bet, a $50 bet, on a team to win the NBA title based off long odds. So definitely not a favorite. You want to guess the team I'm putting 50 on? Not the Pelicans. No. They are 40 and 27. 
They are the seventh seed in the West, but they get they are one game away from being the Your Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks. They played well as the season went along. They're at they're this uh, second third best team in uh, winning percentage, like winning. They're plus six one is they beat their opponents by six points a game. Well, they're the highest scoring team in the league. Yeah, but and they're better, and they have a very good road record this year. <laughs> How do they play in Orlando? Fifty bucks wins you twenty five hundred, Dan. I'll, I'll cut you in. Oh, is that what it is? That's a good, good chunk of dough. Yeah. Okay. You want in on it? No, I'll, no. I'll cover your end. No, no. I'm good. I, if it hits, do you are you going to say where's my? No, 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 no. I, I never. If somebody wins, I don't begrudge anybody. Like if you win, good for you. Uh, no, I've, no problem with that. All right, uh, more phone calls coming up. We'll check in with the NFL. Uh, are we good to go? Sounds like it. NFL players feeling a little more confident here, I guess. We'll talk to their uh, chief medical doctor, Dr. Alan Sills. He'll join us coming up. We'll check in with the Pelicans. We'll check in with the Dodgers as well. 20 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, DraftKings. Our boys are back. DraftKings, final 22 teams. They've made their way to Orlando, getting ready to get back onto the court. And... uh, the ending to this year's basketball season will be a lot different in the past. No shortage of excitement. And you can be in all of the action thanks to DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Now, I don't know if you tried fantasy basketball before. It's easy to play. What you do is you pick eight players. You have a salary cap. And then you pile up points, three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. That's how you determine how well you've done that day. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code SQUAD. You'll get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. So promo code is SQUAD. You get free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. The minimum is $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Make sure you use the promo code SQUAD to get a free shot at millions of dollars. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Dan Patrick Show brought to you by Mercedes AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe. Life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our interviews this week or any week from the Mercedes AMG Man Cave, just go to danpatrick.com. Watch and listen from inside the Mercedes AMG Man Cave. Mercedes AMG driving performance. He is the NFL Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Alan Sills, back on the program. Doc, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me back. Is the NFL player safer in the bubble or in camp than the average citizen is? I would say yes, Dan, because I think when we're in our camps and our facilities, we obviously have extensive protocols that cover every aspect of what we're doing. So we've put a tremendous amount of thought and energy and effort, as you know, together with the Players Association in creating the safest possible environment. So I think when you combine our screening, our testing program, all the interventions we put in place at our facilities, the way we've reimagined the day, I would say yes, people are much safer in that environment than they would be out working out in some other environment. What has changed since the last time we talked? Well, I think we continue to learn from the experience of other sports and just where the virus is going in general. You know, we've seen, for example, the CDC change some of their guidance about how we clear people and bring them back. We've learned more about persistent positive tests and how people can test positive for a very long time. So we're learning literally every day and certainly every week. Uh, But I think what hasn't changed is, you know, our commitment to being very, very diligent in every aspect of what we do. And I think I think there's also an an increasing recognition on the part of all of our players, coaches, and staff. This is something we're going to have to do every single day. we got to be consistent, and we can't let our guard down because as soon as we let our guard down, that's when bad things can happen to us uh, as individuals and to teams and to the league as a whole. What sport have you learned the most from? Well, that's a tough one. You know what? We've learned from everybody, I think, because we've been in contact not just with uh, North American sports, but around the world. We've talked a lot with Australian football, with world rugby, with the Bundesliga, with the English Premier League. So, So I think everyone has contributed to our knowledge. And certainly I continue to communicate regularly with my colleagues in the NHL and Major League Baseball and the NBA and and MLS. And I got to say, Dan, probably one of the gratifying things about this is you look at at, at silver linings. It's been the level of cooperation and collaboration among all the leagues because this isn't, you know, one team against the other or one league against the other. This is all of us against this virus. And so we've had more communication and collaboration than we've ever had, which has been, I think, a very positive thing and something that will make us all better. I know that you have to look at what if scenarios and I always start with the worst case scenario and then work my way back. Let's say you have an outbreak like the Miami Marlins have. What what is protocol? Well, we look at those cases very carefully. We look at it together with the Players Association, with our infectious disease advisors, and, and we take whatever the safest steps are. So, you know, we've said that all options are on the table, uh, including missing games or, or more than one game uh, if ne- necessary. But I think what you have to look at is each case is unique. It depends on how many people are infected, um, the time course. Uh, a lot of factors about that host city. So it's hard to give you an algorithm and say, well, it's this number or this number. But clearly we recognize that we're going to have to be flexible and adaptable throughout the whole season. And we'll have to respond to these challenges as we come up. And whatever we do, we're going to make the best decision that's in the interest of safety of everyone involved, players, coaches, staff, and our fans as well. What troubled me with the Marlins situation, Doctor, is that you had the team voting on playing a game on Sunday after four players had tested positive. So – they 
they had a team member, a player making this decision. And I'm wondering about with the NFL, can you have a neutral, a third, uh, a neutral party or somebody who's not with the organization who reports to you who's able to make these calls if a situation like that arises? Yeah, well, I can't obviously speak to the specifics of that situation, Dan, but I, I would just say what, what we envision is if we had a situation arising with positive test results, obviously that gets immediately reported to the league, to the Players Association, and, and that would be a league determination. So, again, um, I and my staff, conjunction with the Players Association, medical staff, our infectious disease experts, we put all our heads together and make what we think is the best decision in real time. Any changes in the equipment? You talked about a, a face mask shield last time we talked. Where do we stand on that? Yeah, we're still evolving that. So um, our, 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 we're to the level now where players are back in camp and they can actually use it. And so we're, we've distributed those across all our clubs. We're going to have players using them actively and, and giving feedback to the design engineers. And so I think you'll continue to see that product evolve and change. Um, and we'll get to, you know, subsequent versions of it. So we're still very excited about the idea. We think it will have a place on the field. And so uh, we'll see as players use it more as they're getting into their camps. We're excited to kind of see where that whole project goes. What about wearing a mask as we have to do in everyday life? Um, can a football player perform while wearing a mask or do you have modifications to that mask for players? Yeah, again, we've worked on a lot of different designs. There's sort of the neck gaiter type design that you that you can pull up that you've seen some people use as a face covering. I mean, we've had some players that have worn those in the league over the past few years, if you've seen that, you know, in the pre-COVID era. So I think you'll see some players wearing that. There are obviously other mask options. And at the end of the day, again, I think you're going to see players uh, adapt a lot of these different tools to, to increase their margin of safety. Certainly, you're going to see everybody else in and around the sideline, game officials, and at every time someone's not on the field performing, they're going to be in masks. Because I think we've all learned one thing. Masks work. They are absolutely key, and they're, they're very essential to preventing transmission of this disease. So really, it's not an exaggeration to say the more time we spend in masks and the more people we get in masks, the better off we're all going to be. But there's no mandate to have masks on players when they're practicing or in games. We haven't reached that point of agreement yet with the players union. I think it's, we'll see where this design takes us. And if we can get to a design, we all feel comfortable. We might revisit that idea, but, but as of today, no, there's no mandate there. Does the NFL want that? You know, Dan, I, I'm looking at everything that makes us safer. So I, I would certainly hope that we arrive at a design that offers protection and doesn't hinder performance. And, and I think if we do that, it would certainly be something I'd want to see everyone adopt. Um, and, and I think if we can hit that sweet spot, if we can find something that does offer protection and does not hinder the way that guys breathe or communicate on the field, I have to believe that players would buy into that and they would want that because at the end of the day, they want to be safe as well. And if we can do that in a way that doesn't hinder their performance, I, I believe it's something they'll all want to be a part of. What team do you root for? <laughs> That's a loaded question. You know, uh, I always say, Dan, it's a little bit like your children. You know, you love all your children. Some are easier to love than others, but uh, but no, uh, no, no favorites. Uh, I, I'm just uh, grateful to have the chance to work with all of them and, and really appreciative. And let me say this, all kidding aside, the, the amount of work that our teams have put into getting ready and opening these training camps, it, it's just phenomenal. We, we've seen every level of the staff um, just completely reimagine and redo their facilities. And, and I've talked one-on-one. -on -one. I talk with head coaches every day. I mean, these are obviously people who are not usually wanting to change things. They've gone in and completely changed everything about their building and about the way they practice. So I just tip my hat to the work that's gone on. And, and we know there's a lot more work in front of us. It's going to be really hard, but I'm excited to, to see where this takes us. Thank you, Doc. Maybe privately you'll tell me uh, who is your favorite football team. Hey, I can give you a college team. How about that? Will we go there? Sure, why not? <laughs> well, you can see behind me, I'm a Mississippi State grad, so, uh, so I'm a bulldog through and through. We'll go with that as my favorite All team. right, sounds good. Thank you, Doc. We appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. Have a great day. And that's Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL chief medical officer and neurosurgeon. Yeah, I'm not sure where we stand. I know that some of the marquee players, you had J.J. Watt, who said he didn't want to wear a mask. You know, I'm sure you don't want to wear a mask, but that doesn't mean you're not going to wear a mask or it wouldn't be the smart thing to do in that situation. So, uh, you know, there's judging from what Peter King had to say about the Vikings, their situation at their training camp, he was extremely impressed with all of the safety precautions, safeguards that they had there. 
I, I hope that the NFL is learning from all these other sports and what could happen. Uh, but all it takes is a Marlins break breakout. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to have a team not be uh, fully assembled. And then do they forfeit a game? Are we postponing games? Can't do double headers. By the way, I heard this yesterday. Baseball is looking at seven inning double headers. If you, you know, the Marlins got to make up games. The Orioles got to make up games. Phillies, Yankees, they got to make up games. Can you do seven inning double headers? That is something that baseball is now looking at. I don't know why baseball didn't go. What is the, what's the worst case scenario? Now let's work our way back. Instead of saying, hey, things look good. Hey, we'll adapt when we have to. I always start at the very end and then work my way back. If a team loses their their quarterback, backup quarterback as well, then what happens? If a team has five players that test positive, how long are they in quarantine? If you have a game, they test positive on a Saturday like the Marlins did, and then you still decide to play on Sunday. Those are the things that I would want to know. What are, what are the alternative plans here? And baseball, if you had a game that was going to be postponed, even if it was rain, are you going to make it up? Can you make it up? And what about a doubleheader? They, 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 they want to expedite extra inning games. And that's why they've started with a runner on second base. So why not expedite doubleheaders and have seven inning doubleheaders? Seven inning games. But you can't say, hey, baseball's thinking about a seven-inning game, seven-inning games for doubleheaders. Give me worst-case scenario. That's why when somebody goes, got good news, bad news, I always go, give me the bad news. <laughs> Let me have it. Let me have it. I mean, if you said, hey, we're going to do uh, one game that's seven innings, and then the next game will be decided by home run derby. Okay. At least you've thought of this. I just get worried that baseball, it doesn't, like they think in the short term. Hey, we're just dealing with this right here. If they were thinking long term, they would have said to the Marlins, uh, guys, you're not playing on Sunday. That's it. Not playing. But they didn't do it. And you let your shortstop decide. Let's go around the room. Who wants to play? I, I, I. Like, who's going to say, and they texted one another. Who's going to say, no, I don't feel safe? Oh, boy. Hopefully we can make this all work. But I hope these leagues are looking at worst case scenario just in case something happens. Because chances are it probably will. We've talked about the NBA with the bubble, and it feels like they've done a great job here. I always worried about those who were leaving the bubble on a daily basis and coming back in who worked at the hotels, worked at the restaurants, handled the food, cleaned up after everybody. That was my big concern. What are the precautions that they're taking with them? Once you're in the bubble, then I feel like you're safe. As long as you are not going to be around people who haven't been in the bubble on a regular basis and tested constantly. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And that would be my big concern with that. With baseball, it feels like they're making this up as they go along. Football, got a, a better handle on it, it feels like. And then you have college football. And I don't think college football has a good handle on this. And the biggest reason why is the players don't have a union. There's nobody representing college football players. They have no voice in this. And then you have the president of the NCAA, who has no real voice. The emperor has no clothes. Mark Emmert is just a guy who, you know, hey, we got to have a president of the NCAA. Okay. Good luck with that. What power does he really have here? And those players have no voice. And those are players who aren't getting paid. Now, you can say they're getting a scholarship. They're not getting paid to go and play football. The pressure on a college football player is enormous because the amount of money that's at stake for those universities affects all of their other athletic departments based off of football. You got to play. You got to show up. Even if students are on campus, you're coming back. A lot of pressure and no voice. And that 
That concerns me. The players have never had a voice. Northwestern tried to unionize back in, I think, 2014. And I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. Maybe if we get to the Power Five conferences, that you do have a commissioner of the Power Five, and then maybe you have a players association, a union for these college football players. Because I know of two instances where players had scholarships at Big Ten schools, new coach comes in, and he doesn't want them on scholarship, and he runs them off. Like, you have no representation there. These were two players, and I met their families separately, and they told the same story. Because they wanted somebody to hear what happens. We forget about the college football player. When it's said and all, you know, it's done, your career's over, we don't care what happened to you. There's no follow-up health-wise. There's so many of these players, former players, who are walking around that have, you know, CTE, that have had concussions. There's, there's nobody there to help them. And I hope that, you know, college athletics, certainly college football, the Power Five conferences, understand that and give these players a voice before there is a revolt one day. We'll take a break. Your phone calls are coming up. We'll check in with the Pelicans on Zion Williamson. Why is it a game-time decision? And is it going to be a game-time decision the next game as well? That's coming up, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and 
and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How about Notre Dame to the ACC? Interesting. Just for now. That's a big coup for the ACC. Also, the ACC kind of got out in front of the SEC in these other conferences yesterday. Um, The ACC kind of brought in, forced Notre Dame to come on in, the uh, proud independent, since they started playing football in 1887. And this is good for the ACC. Because you're going to be on NBC, get part of that TV revenue. And then USC lost Wisconsin, Stanford, and USC. And do they go back to being a normal independent in 2021? Also, the ACC got out in front of the SEC on uh, scheduling. And uh, they did leave one game open, if that's going to be an ACC, SEC type of game. Like Georgia Tech, Georgia. Uh, Clemson, South Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Florida, Florida State. Uh, I, I thought that uh, that was pretty strategic of the ACC with uh, some of the things that uh, they did yesterday. But we'll find out uh, how the – this is really – all these conferences are out for themselves. You know, you got that feeling that back in April, hey, we're going to all figure this out together. This is about looking out for your own – that's it. This is because, you know, I thought the SEC would just basically say, hey, we're the SEC. We're just going to have our own schedule and we'll play if other teams aren't playing and other conferences aren't playing. So what? SEC is going to play. That's basically what the ACC said yesterday is, hey, we're going to play. We got our schedule. We got Notre Dame here. We're good to go. And now it's up to, you know, the Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10, SEC. That's it. Uh Bernard in California joins us. Bernard? Hey, Dan. I just had a question about the NFL and the schedule. Okay. Um, With the quarantine period, why not play alternating weeks with the NFC and AFC and play every two weeks? That gives a chance for if any outbreaks, uh, you still have games available for the fans. It's just too long of a season, but thanks for the phone call. You know, they they know when they want to start and when they want to finish. I do know that there is wiggle room of a month whether you start the season a month later, if you stop down, if you extend the postseason or the, the postseason starts later, but you have until I think the first week in March that they would look at this. Also, you know, we talk about spring football as a possibility for some of these colleges. You know, the, the, the major schools, the power schools can't wait until springtime because I think you'll find some players that are just going to say, I'm not going to play football in the spring. Plus, you would have to, could you have two college football seasons in a span of nine months? If you start playing football in February and March, and then you're going to turn back around in August and September, I don't see that happening. But the Ivy League is probably going to do that, it looks like, and some of these other smaller conferences. But it feels like, you know, they don't have players getting ready for the combine or the draft. Uh, they're not big revenue producing sports um, for those schools. But, uh, you know, that's another thing that was brought up to me yesterday. Do you imagine if Trevor Lawrence says, I'm not going to play? If Justin Fields from Ohio State says, I'm not going to play? Like, those are two really big names here. And you wonder what would happen if those players decided not to play? How many else would follow suit? Or we're going to delay the start of the college football season, and now we're going to be playing later than January, and then getting ready for the combine, getting ready for the draft, and I wonder the number of players who would opt out. Yeah, Paul. I was wondering about that, that Virginia Tech cornerback decided to sit out the season and focus on the draft, 
And if, if they delayed the, the college football season, let's say they said we're starting October 1st, it gives all the high-end players, the top draftees, a chance to talk to their people, talk to an agent off the record and say, hey, I, I, can I get my money now? Can I get signed with you now and just tap out? Yeah, this uh, I don't know. Is this a first-round draft pick with Virginia Tech? I think they're saying late first round for uh, Kuiper's big board or whatever. What's his name? Caleb? Caleb. Oh, gosh. Farley? Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley. Yeah, because Todd started doing his Chris Farley impersonation once we brought his name up. Stop throwing eggs! <laughs> You're not going to melt the jet! Squawk! That's Coach Foley, right? That's, Co- that's Coach Foley. Uh, not Matt Foley. Matt Foley. Uh, I, I guess he's listed as one of the top three cornerbacks, and he's uh, not going to play this year. Thank you, Todd. And supposedly he lives in a van down by the river, so he wants to get his money for his family as quickly as possible. Jeff in Detroit joins us. Good morning, Jeff. What up, though? Damn, one time for chat row. Love the song, Tyler. Every, it just has a real catchy tone to it. I found myself singing it. Listen, you guys were talking about National Narc Day. I got a quick story for you. Ultimate Narc, best of all time. His name was, uh, his code name was Parker Brothers because he was going to put you up on game. I got assigned to a unit in 2002 <laughs> with the Detroit Police Department Drug Task Force. Here we are taking out all of these spots. Um, he, we were getting great intel, getting dope off the street, getting guns off the street from this guy who was named Mr. Parker Brothers. So, you know, everything seems like it was going good. Next thing you know, we look around the neighborhood. We damn near cleaned the entire hood up. But it was one particular house that was still putting in work. So, you know, we get a warrant. He had never, it had never appeared on our list. Go ahead, hit the house. Come to find out, Parker brother had been everything. No, you're breaking up, Jeff. I think what he said is that... He, Parker Brothers basically turned on everybody and he cleaned up the neighborhood. Cleaned out the, the whole neighborhood except <laughs> all, for himself. All of his competition. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Final hour coming up. Check in with the Pelicans and the Dodgers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 